latest techniques to enhance your smile. Call in with your questions at 629-7970. Stay informed. Stay connected with News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Let's Talk Cosmetic Dentistry with Dr. Tanya DeSano and the Prairie Dental Group. And Dr. Tanya, good morning. You are, of course, in your basement right now. And uh, I trust a pug in hand, too. Uh, yeah, we're we're just hanging out. We're actually outside. It's a beautiful day. They say the heat heat index is going to be raging today, but it's really pretty right now. So um, outside was safe. It's quiet. So I thought this would be the best place to be. Sorry if you hear my dog in the background. So <laughs> that's all right. No problem. <laughs> Life happens remotely anymore with everything in this world. It seems like, and I guess dentistry is somewhat no different. So at least this aspect of dentistry where we can actually work remotely. So I do miss being in the studio with all of you though. I do. I miss seeing everybody and being out and about. So there's a, uh, there's so much to that. But I do have the, the luxury of being able to actually go to the office and seeing people every day and uh, just getting out of the house. And, you know, that's the only place I go is work. So um, it's good. Yeah, welcome to the club. We've all been in that here. <laughs> right. The only place we pretty right. much go is work, you know, for sure. But anyway, Dr. Uh, Tony. And now I tell all my patients it's my social outlet. But <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, listen, I, I know you've got some uh, numbers that you wanted to go through, you know, with Sangamon County, you know, the latest on, on Corona. And I know this is a lot of uh, on everybody's mind because of the spiking numbers that have been happening here, happening here in the county. So uh, give us the latest that you have. Uh, well, I was just sharing it. We get this information every day from the Sangamon County Public Health Department. But, you know, last night, yesterday's numbers, we spring, Sangamon County had 22 new positive cases of COVID-19 with six people hospitalized and 15 more people have recovered. So that's good. They also funnel us the information from Menard County. They have a, a total positive 37 residents you know, who have tested positive during this pandemic. So you can find this information out. Um, the metrics are really interesting if you study metrics like I do. There's, you can go to um, www.dph.illinois.gov. And then if you do the backslash county metrics, it talks about really interesting data that's happened with Sangamon County during this entire pandemic. Um, I, I like to follow the, um, the stats very, very closely. There is a little metric that's it's interesting. It's called the positivity rate for Sangamon County. Um, ours was 3.3% with 6,232 tests performed. So the weekly metrics also indicate a warning, um, something that's a little bit alarming. There's currently 64 positive COVID-19 cases per 100,000 population, but the target is 50 per 100,000 population. So, you know, we're all, we're getting a little concerned as that number is getting higher, that ratio is getting higher. So you can follow those metrics when you, you know, Google Illinois.gov slash backslash county metrics you can see how our region's doing and follow it and all of us do so it's a little alarming it's a little concerning um i hear a lot of stories from patients that you know it's seemingly we all know a group of people that are positive 
and the families that are involved or we know of somebody that's involved. I mean, it's it's very much close to home now where a month or two, maybe you didn't know anyone with it, but you knew about it. You know, do you feel that way too? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I don't know anybody personally that's uh, didn't, done COVID positive, but I've known friends of friends or, or, or relatives of friends that, that have tested positive. Yeah, we I know so many people that are have tested positive, so many actually, between, you know, the community and knowing the families and knowing patients and patients telling me about their families and um, all ages, children to elderly. So it's it's just really out there. And, you know, you just sometimes you can trace back where you know, this occurred and sometimes you cannot. So I, I feel like we lost a lot of our equity that we built up for so many weeks when we opened bars and restaurants. That's my personal opinion um, because I feel like our numbers are higher than ever. Even, you know, if you look at the graphing data, you know, we're twice as high as when we actually shut down. So um, that's really alarming too. I, I don't know. I'm sure I, I know I share this worrisome fear every parent feels what i'm feeling right now about schools opening shortly um you know it's on everyone's mind every minute of the day if you're a parent i mean you just it just is or you know especially even more so than a parent if you're a teacher so you know this the futures really has a lot of anxiety tagged along with it so you know, I know with we, my children, are, my children are in uh, public schools, 186, and I know we have until the 31st to make our decision about, you know, are we going to remotely have them, you know, participate in school, or are they going to participate two days a week with, you know, remote learning following those days? So, and every school district seems to be doing some kind of you know, mixed variation of remote versus in-school learning. So at least, you know, I've been hearing a lot of different things from all kinds of, all the different school districts in the area from our patients that come in and talk about it. So, but everybody seems to be kind of doing the same kind of thing. I know my daughter who attends Loyola is a soft income sophomore. Loyola just announced that everybody's going online. You know, they're doing everything online. They were doing a mixed version of, of in in school lectures versus you know remote lectures remote learning and that changed as of last week so a lot of the colleges are also as a you know within the last few days making these announcements as well yeah. so she's up she's she's bummed about it but she's very grateful that she you know can still actually live on campus because that's still happening so um you know, the kids are making the best of it. I always feel most sorry for the children. I think adults, I think we can all kind of handle it a little bit. Um, but kids are the ones that are are suffering the most, I feel. They're, yeah. they're the ones that miss out on those big life experiences. So um, hopefully we can all get past this and not fixate it. It would be a beautiful day if we 
can just go through one day without hearing about the novel coronavirus, right? <laughs> yeah, it would be. Oh. But I think I think you're right about that, though, Dr. Tanya, about the colleges, especially colleges that are in urban areas, because my daughter's at Minnesota, and uh, they, they're not opening at all. But uh, my other daughter's at Winona State, and they are trying a blended, you know, of classroom and, and Zoom. So it seems to be the colleges are, are, are very conscious of what's going on, especially the ones that are in urban areas, and many of them are just aren't, just aren't uh, going to risk it. They're not going to try it. Right. And I know that, you know, for instance, Loyola, uh, you know, it's the only school I, I know of. That's the one that's directly involved in my life. They announced where every freshman has their own dorm. So even these big quad rooms where they're used to housing for four kids, one freshman gets that whole place. So they're doing one freshman per dorm room and obviously that fills up all the dorms so they're gearing all the freshmen are guaranteed a dorm room and then the juniors and seniors are mandated to find apartments like off-campus apartments so that left the sophomores and that's what where we fall into this because my daughter's an upcoming sophomore um she was in a lotto so basically um if any of the freshmen chose to be remote at home, that opened up a, a dorm room. So she she was in a lotto for a dorm room, and, and we were just really hoping that was the case because, you know, there was other issues in our household. I wasn't really open to having her in an apartment at her young age in Rogers Park in Chicago. Um, I'm from Chicago, so I wasn't real a real big fan, as, you know, with my mom hat on of letting that happen. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was there was a little anxiety in our house, a little anger towards mom with my decisions. But but basically, she did get a dorm room. So it, it was it was a quite a relief for everybody. So um, but, yeah, I mean, everybody, there's so many different struggles and juggles with kids that are trying to, you know, follow their dreams and their passions and all these roadblocks that are in their way. And it's just oh, you just want to keep telling them, don't give up. You know, some of them are just so bummed out and. You know, I see it. I see it with kids every day and I see it in my practice and I chit chat with all these kids and, you know, I end up talking to them more about life than dentistry sometimes, you know, so, you know, they're, they look at me as just an, an adult that maybe isn't their parent. And sometimes, you know, we all try to role model to these children and, you know, guide them. And, um, you know, they have their own different levels of anxiety. Kids show it differently. And, um, you know, I see it dentally in them. I see them grinding their teeth and breaking teeth from stress. It's, it's quite, it's, it's, it's really alarming. So I think kids internalize stress more than what we know or what their parents know, or we as parents know. So, uh, it's, it's a tough, it's tough times, you know, you got to keep them positive and, try to keep them upbeat and what what keep- i what I do like, though, about this generation is is they seem to have this mantra of instead of why me, they say try me. You know, it's like they, they it's almost like they bring it. What's next? You know, it's like they really have a great attitude in that regard. I love that. Yep, they sure do. And they're our future, really. I mean, we're all getting old, Chris. These guys are our future. And I look at it like that. You know, they're our next leaders, our next generation. And, um, you know, just like my own daughter, she wants the college experience. She wants to be in Chicago. She knows she's remote learning, but she wants to be a part of everything that's happening. And um, they want to make a difference, you know. So, and they're always, you know, 
I, I don't know. I just look at every kid that walks in my office has a mask on. I mean, I feel like the people in my little day to day grind, I mean, when I'm walking around and I'm, you know, I, I was telling you off the air about my little experience going into the store, little ice cream shop for my kids the other night. And I was the only one wearing a mask. And I thought, wow, this is not right. You know? So, you know, we just have a lot of things we have to conquer is, you know, we have to be united and, and try to get past this pandemic. And I, I wish, just wish we could get a, along on that front just to get past this. Cause it's, it takes all of us to do this, you know, yep. just, I mean, I think at some point we've got to realize that after all these weeks, you know, uh, it's always interesting to me that people still don't get it. You know, it's frustrating as a healthcare professional, it's frustrating, you know? So, um, yeah. We'll just we'll just have to see. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get through this this fall with the kids in school and and see where that goes. But I tried to make um, you know a little group of kids in my practice. Um, they're just I have a a little blog or a little um, chat group with some of the children in our practice, and we talked about different facts because all these kids are home and they don't have anything to do. And most of them are just sitting in front of video games. And, um, I got together, <laughs> it's really cute, but there, there are five different facts, um, scientific facts about dentistry. Um, and it isn't necessarily dentistry, but just dental issues, dental topics. And, uh, we decided to put those on our blog. So probably after the break, I'll show, I'll end on some kind of like a little cute thing that my actual patients that were in the age range of 12 to mm, the oldest was probably 18, 19 of different topics that, um, I did not know some of these things that we were putting on our blog. So I'll, um, I'll talk about those two maybe after the break. Cause I think they're really cute. All right. Terrific. Let's take a break right now. More of let's talk cosmetic dentistry is next on news talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY to protect her home. Back to Let's Talk Cosmetic Dentistry with Dr. Tanya DeSanto on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Welcome back to Let's Talk Cosmetic Dentistry with Dr. Tanya DeSanto in the Prairie Dental Group. And Dr. Tanya, I know you promised us some fun facts. Let's let's get to those. These are fun facts, and I take credit for none of these. I want you all to know these are kids in our community that are sheltered at home. Um, these are my top five to seven favorite facts about dentistry that blew me away. We have some super smart kids in this town, everyone. Anyway, the first one that I'll share with you is uh, fun fact number one. You'll spend almost 40 days brushing your teeth. Which <laughs> it, apparently, the average American spends 38.5 days brushing their teeth throughout their lifetime. So it seems like a lot, um, but I guess this was calculated on all of my lectures. If you're supposed to brush your teeth after breakfast and before you go to bed for a whole minute, um, which is what I lecture to these kids all the time, brush and floss like peanut butter and jelly. Uh, so in the long run, you know, you're saving yourself like time and you know, all your discomfort and cavities when you practice, you know, good habits. But I didn't know that my words are being calculated on the lifetime timeline. So that was hilarious. I thought that was really cute. So that's one of my favorite ones. Um, 
Also, tooth enamel. I did know this, but I think it's cute that a 14-year-old noticed this too. Tooth enamel is the hardest substance in your body. So believe it or not, your tooth enamel, like which is the coating on your teeth, is the hardest substance in your body, even harder than your bones. So, um, but I do have to add that it doesn't mean your enamel is invincible. You know, enamel is still damaged by grinding and bacteria that feed on sugar that cause all the decay. I thought that was a yeah. interesting little fact. Um, the third fact, and I, I also knew this too, but again, loving it that a kid, you know, came up with this, tooth decay is the second most common disease. Tooth decay is incredibly prevalent, and it's um, second only due to the common cold. So decay is uh, due to a variety of factors, but obviously the most important thing you can do to avoid decay is, you know, you're practicing good brushing, good oral health care, brushing and flossing, visiting your dentist, finding early, you know, problems that you can take care of quickly, um, things like that, just good oral health care in general. Uh, another interesting fun fact is... Um, I'll go over two more of these because these are my two favorites. The lifespan of a taste bud is 10 days. So there are five known tastes detected by your taste buds on your tongue. So you have bitter, sour, salty, sweet, and umami. Well, taste buds are responsible for much of this like food enjoyment, but their lifespan's only 10 days. And so, you know, if you're dieting and you are like, or if maybe you're diabetic and you're trying to decrease sugar, if you have heart issues and you're trying to decrease your sodium, if you do that and you get past that 10-day hump of, you know, no salt in your diet, you don't have that craving for salt anymore, according, you know, to logic. I don't know if that's actually true, if you still, like, don't crave sugar after you stop having sugar. But according to your taste buds, you don't have that drive anymore. So it'd be interesting feedback from people that, you know, really try to do that, what they experience, because they don't, you know, that taste bud will kind of depress itself. So um thought that was interesting. And my favorite comment from a, a child here locally, uh, your saliva can fill two swimming pools. So the average human produces 25,000 quarts of saliva over their lifetime. That's a whole lot. But according to the size of this kid's swimming pool, it would fill it twice. Oh, so, um, I don't know how big his pool is. That's the part he left out. But um, what this amount of spit might seem gross. You know, your saliva is an incredibly important tool for your body. It eases digestion. It protects against disease. I mean, saliva is just so important. So when you're, you know, the pH in your saliva changes, all havoc happens. So, you know, when you're on sinus medication and you have a dry mouth for whatever reason it's tough it's tough to eat it's tough to swallow it's tough to talk um you don't have that saliva rinsing your teeth off all the time like that naturally happens and keeps your teeth healthy so a lot of people that have a dry mouth also have a lot of tooth decay so saliva is huge 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 asset to good health um but i do like your comment chris about living above a bakery yeah. maybe you're if you live above a bakery you produce enough saliva for three swimming pools three swimming pools <laughs> yeah. it comes from a friend of mine who lived above a bakery and i'm going like dude how do you do this you know it's like i i would be hungry for donuts every morning i would weigh 400 pounds you know in in, in an instant waking up to like cinnamon rolls my gosh yeah. amazing so um but anyway 
that was my absolute favorite comment about the saliva. So these are really smart kids in our community with an, obviously a lot of time on their hands. Um, you know, if they're helping me find fun dental facts, you know, we obviously have had them sheltered in for a long time. So um, big fan of getting them, you know, I'm a big fan of getting kids back in schools. I, I just hope we can do it safely. Um, I pray for our teacher safety. I have a lot of teachers in my dental practice and they are afraid. Every one of them is afraid. I have not talked to any teacher that doesn't have a low grade to moderate level of anxiety going on in their world right now. So, um, you know, we all have to, we can all do our part at home individually. Um, you know, washing your hands and hand sanitizers, wearing a mask, people wearing a mask. You know, you're talking to a dentist here. I've done it my entire career. I've worn a mask for 30 years. It's okay. It's not hard. It's not hard. So, you know, it's inconvenient. It's something different and people hate change. And I think that's what it's about, but it's not hard. So um, we just hope that you know, we can move mountains and get past this so we can talk about other things and um, dentistry and all kinds of other, everybody's hobbies and interests and passion and get our lives rolling again. So um, we are happy to help you if you want to talk about your smile and things that you can do to change your smile or improve your smile. We are at um, Prairie Dental Group, and our number is 217-546-0412, and you can find us on our website at prairiedentalgroup.com. All right, very good, Dr. Tanya. Thank you so much, and thanks a lot for being our guest on Wednesday, too, or Thursday, rather. We really appreciate that, too. I had a great time. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely, and coming up, uh, Let's Talk Guns is next at 8 o'clock here on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY.